The Leach Report Radio Network is on the air with the voice of the Wildcats, Tom Leach. This is where the Big Blue Nation comes for the latest news and views on the Cats. The show is served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington. Interact with the show now by tweeting at Leach Report or email leachreport at gmail.com. Call us at 877-904-1080. Now, the voice of your Wildcats, Tom Leach. Hello, everybody, and welcome in to the Leach Report. Hopefully you're uh, staying safe wherever you are with the nasty weather. We didn't get as much snow as was predicted, but still, it's there was maybe more ice and sleet mixed into it and uh, some dangerous driving conditions all around the state, different parts of the state dealing with different things. So um, hopefully uh, and power outages, I think, down in the eastern and southeastern parts of the state. So we're glad that uh, you're with us, and hopefully we can uh, entertain you for an hour as we talk UK sports with Josh Moore from the Lexington Herald-Leader. He's written stories uh, of late about uh, Mark Stoops and uh, what his what he said to say about his you know staying at Kentucky long term. Uh, he talked also to uh, Josh did to Wandale Robinson. So we'll talk about those stories. Larry Vaught joins us on Tuesdays, and then Chris Fisher will be with us from the Cats Paws, who normally is uh, a guest on our Wednesday shows. But uh, Tom Hart, I reached out to uh, him, and the only time he could uh, join us was tomorrow. So. Uh, We've uh, shifted Chris in the batting order to today's show. So that's our guest lineup as we roll into the Wildcat news of the day. And we'll start with a big win for the U.K. women. 88-80 at Florida as 17th-ranked Kentucky improves to 8-4 and four in the league and 15-5 and five overall. Hit a bit of a rough patch in the second quarter when the uh, Gators, had a, as Darren was telling us yesterday, had a, a smaller lineup and they were uh, getting into – the pain against Kentucky and having some success. But then Ryan Howard answered the call. And we, uh, again, back to our conversation, last couple of conversations with Darren. Last week before the Tennessee game, uh, he was saying that they were maybe having to lean too much on Ryan Howard. And so in the uh, Tennessee game, um, there were other players that stepped up, made big plays, uh, did good things. And so uh, Ryan didn't have to score as much and did a lot of other things. Well, this game, they were struggling a bit. And so it is so nice in those situations to, you don't want to have to have her carry that big of a load every game. But when you need it, it's nice to know that you have it. And Ryan Howard stepped up with 31 points and nine boards. She was 12 of 20 from the field, four of seven on threes. Uh, Jasmine Massengill had another good game from the point. Two games moving into the starting point guard role. She had nine points and 10 assists. For Kentucky, so the uh, Wildcats uh, at the moment I think are looking like a four seed for the women's SEC tournament, but perhaps they can play their way even higher. I think about five games left for them. The Kentucky men are already in Nashville to prepare for their game with Vanderbilt tomorrow night. Uh, We did the radio show with Coach Cal yesterday, and excuse me, had a cough. Uh, the, we did the show with Cal yesterday, and uh, we uh, taped about a half hour with him because they were going to be practicing at the time the show aired. And they went down to Nashville, actually, on Sunday, he said, so they could beat the storm. And so they're going to be there uh, through 
Wednesday's game, and then Thursday, I think the plan is to head on over to Knoxville because they play at Tennessee on Saturday. So uh, they'll be on the road all week. Uh, Cal said he was going to use this time for some extended one-on-one meetings with the players, you know, because they'll have practice, they'll have uh, tutoring sessions, classwork to do, all those kinds of things to fill up their day. But they're still going to have uh, you know a lot of extra time. So he's going to do some extended one-on-one meetings with the guys. So hopefully they'll gain something out of this curveball that was thrown their way. Uh, UK tweeted out a little video of Oscar Sheboy practicing with the team for the first time uh, down in Nashville. And uh, we'll get into more about the game tomorrow. It was a close one when they played here in Lexington. A uh, couple of other things from the radio show. Cal talked about how he appreciated all the encouraging messages that he and the players have gotten from uh, fans. Uh, TJ Beisner from CoachCal.com helps with a lot of that. You may have seen him tweet about uh, how um, the, uh, there was uh, an abundance of those that were very positive. Um, Cal also said he understands the people that do uh, criticize and uh, that it's you know, understandable when things aren't going well. Uh, and uh, now they try to keep a little momentum rolling from their win over Auburn on Saturday. Um, this is a big opportunity, I think, this week to build some of that momentum. Uh, if they win tomorrow night, they will be 6-7 and seven in the league, which is exactly where they stood after 13 conference games uh, in mid-February in 2018. And that was a team that finished strong, that won the SEC tournament, and then uh, went out in the Sweet 16. Now, they had the benefit of playing all, all their normally scheduled games in November and December, so they had a bunch of extra wins, and they were not in danger. Even though they were six and seven in the league, they they didn't they they could have taken a couple of more losses and uh, still likely made it into the NCAA tournament. Whereas uh, this team is really down to the option of winning the SEC tournament. But, you know, as we were talking in, in football season where if you had a normal year uh, of, of games versus having to play 10 SEC games, how different the overall record might have looked. Uh, and it might have been 8-4 and four instead of 5-6. and six. Well, you know, if you had your normal games, right now Kentucky could still have the same conference record, but maybe they're 14-10 and 10 or 14-11 and 11 or something, and they uh, have a a real shot to still get an at-large bid under normal circumstances, even with uh, you know, some different disappointments in the conference schedule. So point being, if they can generate a little momentum, and this would be a great week to do it by picking up two road wins, and especially the one at uh, Tennessee on Saturday, then you you start to believe a little bit. But, uh, you know, they haven't won four straight all year, so why not do that down the stretch here at some point? And that would uh, be the... Think it could help you get a little momentum maybe for the SEC tournament where you might have to win four straight to qualify for an NCAA bid. Links to the stories that we talk about can be found on the Bud Light Leach Report page at TomLeachKY.com. We're coming to you in the Clark's Pump and Shop studio, and Josh Moore from the Herald Leader will join us when we come right back. Our show is served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington. This is the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. You can interact with the show via Twitter at Leach Report. Now, here's Tom. It's the Leach Report Radio Network. And we go to the KentuckyHempWorks.com hotline. We're on Josh Moore from the Lexington Herald Leader, KentuckySports.com. 
A busy man lately, writing about Kentucky football and a couple of stories we want to talk about. The first one is uh, your uh, chat with Mark Stoops and um, what he what he what's in his mind as far as uh, looking at what he's done at Kentucky and what he um, would like to do moving forward. So, any what were your takeaways from that chat, Josh? Yeah, yeah, that's the uh, that's the sort of the gift that keeps on giving. Then it's off season; everybody's kind of. You know, a lot of people are focused on basketball for good reason, but uh, you know I'm a football guy, and and it, it, so it's a good time to just sit down and catch up with Mark and other guys that that you're, you know, that we don't, you know, we get to hear from a lot throughout the season, you know, like you know, but 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 you don't. There's really not a, a great time to sit down and get an hour with with some of these people, and um, you know, it's it you know great to hear him talk about, you know, go a little bit more in depth on. You know some of the changes that have occurred this off season, the you know the influx of transfers, uh, just how that you know building those relationships and how that's going to look moving forward with with you know as far as building a program. I think that's something that he spoke pretty eloquently about, um, along with you know the, the the shift you know from from Eddie Grant to, to Liam Cohen there in charge of the offense. I think that's something. Um, Again, there's there's things I'm working on. As I get sort of what what's out there and what's to be uh, released is kind of blending in my head. But he talked a lot about that um, as well, and, and just that just how that kind of process played out. So uh, it's pretty. It's, it's just you know for me, it's a good chance too, just to just to get to know Mark a little bit better, and and, and some of the um, guys that I speak with, just to you know, it, it never hurts to sit down with somebody and just talk with them for a while even you know even in an instance like that i mean obviously i want to come out of it and you know have stories and good stuff to tell people but you know sometimes you go into something like that and you just you don't come away with anything but you feel really good about spending the time doing it because you uh, just got to know somebody a little bit better yeah maybe lays the groundwork for uh, something down the road but there were some uh interesting uh, points that came out of this and one being in the uh, first story with uh mark about he, he acknowledged it would be hard, uh, hard place for him to leave was uh, his answer to your question because that's what fans worry about um, when Kentucky has success that somebody's going to come in and hire him away and um, give a, you know a a shot to pursue a national championship that. Um, yeah, may, maybe he can. The thing when you're in the SEC, if you can ever get to the point where you can win it, then you've got a shot at the national championship. So, uh, but you know whether it's you know it's Oklahoma, it's Florida State, some of these uh, traditional powers that fans worry about that would uh, come after him at some point. But he uh, he seems very proud of what he's built here and, and certainly content. Yeah, and that was the uh, that was my biggest takeaway from his answer. I mean, he definitely you know he basically said he wouldn't never say never to anything and i mean you kind of you you can't you know when you're in <laughs> that profession if you know if the if the you know bill belichick retires and the new england patriots want mark stoops i mean that'd be something you'd have to at least uh, yeah. think about <laughs> but uh um you you also can see what he's built here and i mean you're close to it and know it as, as well as anybody that this you know what what's going on here isn't normal and i think that's something you know he brought up his brother bob uh when he was talking with me and and how you know he had a lot of opportunities and, and obviously he had a lot you know a different level of success um but really you know for kentucky 
and where it's been and where it is now, I think it's, it's a pretty relative, you know, a, a, a comparison that sort of, you know, has some standing um, as far as what he's been able to achieve here and, you know, what he hopes to. I, You know, I think Mark's sincere when he talks about, you know, some of the things he's trying to do here and wanting to get to Atlanta. And, and I mean, again, everybody that's ever coached here wants to do those things. He's not unique in that regard. But I think, I think the difference is I think there is a legitimate – belief that that can happen uh what can it happen this year i don't know you know could it, but there's been opportunities the last few years where you know a few things break your way and it can or it could have happened and i think you know you you get you know some of these recruiting classes that have come in the last couple of years that you know if, if they can if if they rise to their potential and you maximize what they can do uh that's something you can talk about really being a realistic opportunity for kentucky in a couple of years so i think it's you know just laying you know continuing to lay um you know the seeds down for stuff that you know i mean there's been a lot of things already uh, the last few years that a lot of people aren't accustomed to seeing here that have happened um under market staff so i think you you just you know, I guess you 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 sort of would bet on that to keep happening. You know, over again going against it, if you know what I mean. Yeah, and you also uh, wrote about uh, second story about Wandale Robinson and how he uh, wound his way back to Lexington. And um, it seems like uh, Stoops and, and Vince uh, Marrow do a, a good job of not closing any doors or you know getting their feelings hurt or whatever in in recruitments when they you know, with one day they really thought they had him got a heck got a commitment and they uh, they do a good job of not burning any bridges yeah i mean and especially uh, like you said with one day i think it's especially important to remember this is a guy that said yes and then said no i mean basically left you at the altar um it's about as close as you can to doing that as a, as a football recruit and um, I, I mean, I, you know, Mark wouldn't. <laughs> Stoops didn't want to get too much into um, kind of the, the conversation that took place at that time. But I, I, you know, I can imagine there was, you know, there were probably angry words exchanged. I mean, I would just assume, you know, just based on that, um, how that all played out. I mean, but it, clearly, it, you know, was something that they were able to move past and, and get, you know, get to a point where there were, you know, on the, on a good page. And, and I, and I do think they, I mean, you, you, you kind of have to be like that. I mean, I think you've always probably had to be like that a little bit because you don't want to be, you don't want to first, you don't want to, you know, even if the transfer portal thing wasn't changing and they were going to have this um, immediate eligibility rule possibly change. I think you just want to be in good standing with everybody just from a reputation standpoint, I think, you know, because all these guys talk to each other and, and you don't know who's, you know, maybe Western Hills High School has a has a lineman or something in a couple of years that's a stud and, and, and all of a sudden, you know, if you've done Wondell wrong, well, why would, you know, maybe he has a lot of reasons to think that you would, he would do the same thing to you or you would do the same thing to him. So I think that's part of maintaining those relationships is as much about the guys that, you you maybe you know, could change your mind and, and come back to you someday as it is you know future guys. So Josh, do you have uh, more stories coming out of this uh, long sit down with Coach Stoops? Yeah, we'll have a few more over the next few weeks. Uh, some things, like I said, kind of some stuff about the offense and um, 
know, some other things that have happened in the off season. Some some things about um, you know some players that have left. I guess that's the <laughs> the, the, the the most uh, uh, cheesy way to to say it. Um, well, folks. If folks can watch for those in the uh, in the coming days at KentuckySports.com and in the Lexington Herald Leader, right? Absolutely, yeah. We'll uh, keep them coming in between. You know, gotta gotta keep people satiated a little bit between the <laughs> basketball games. So it's gonna be an interesting spring, you know, with uh, a new offensive coordinator, a quarterback battle. It's gonna be a lot lot uh, more interest than uh, I think. There's always interest in spring football, but I think more so uh, with those things going on uh, for this Kentucky football team coming up. Oh, I think so. I'm really excited for spring, Tom. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm really obviously the quarterback thing. I mean, that's you know everybody's going to be jacked about that. I would you know to see how you know Bo and 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 Joey and and, and Scalzo compete this spring, and then you got the you know Will Levis uh, kind of waiting in the wings there. You know he'll have to you know come and kind of be working from behind a little bit. But I got a feeling he'll be pretty amped up and ready to go in the fall too when that camp opens up. So it'll be a uh, you know, and and you know, I'm excited. I want to see what some of these, you know, uh, freshmen that were kind of, you know, waiting in reserve last year, and some of the new guys, and and you know, what the receiving core, kind of how they respond to the new offense. I think that'll be the most, you know, compelling thing to watch in the spring is just how those guys, you know, adapt, how quickly they adapt to the new offense. Josh, thanks for the time, and uh, we'll uh, look forward to those stories. Appreciate it so much, Tom. That's Josh Moore joining us on the KentuckyHempWorks.com hotline. It's the Leach Report Radio Network. We'll be right back. Find out more about the voice of the cats and get great coverage of the Big Blue at TomLeachKY.com. Running short on time here, so we will uh, pick up Larry Vaught coming out of the bottom of the hour break. Let me give you a couple of notes. Uh, Jerry Tipton tweeted out uh, yesterday that Vanderbilt, from the Herald Leader, Jerry is, of course, Vanderbilt tweeted out, or Vanderbilt announced that it's going to allow a limited number of students from its senior class to attend the game on Wednesday. Vandy students are tested twice weekly and under strict campus protocols to limit the spread of COVID-19. Masks and social distancing will be required, according to Jerry's tweet. So there will be a little student presence down in Memorial Gymnasium. Uh, also, Anthony Davis this is from the Lakers Twitter feed. Anthony Davis underwent an MRI yesterday. Results showed no rupture of the right Achilles tendon, so glad to hear that. Davis will miss uh, the game tonight against Minnesota and will be further evaluated by team doctors when he gets back to L.A. Halfway home on the Leach Report from the Clark's Pump and Shop Studio. We'll be right back. Can't get to a radio? You can listen to us live on the web at talkradio1080.com. Now, back to the show. It's the Leach Report Radio Network, and we go to the KentuckyHempWorks.com hotline to bring on Larry Vaught from VaughtsViews.com. Coaches get second-guessed for their decisions. Larry, a week ago you were on with us contemplating a longer stay in South Carolina versus a return home to the bluegrass. And uh, you called the audible there and came home, and now are you second-guessing yourself? (laughs) Yeah, every minute, Tom. I guess sometimes you just do what your, uh, you, no matter what your age, you still do what your mother kind of wants you to do or tells you to do, and you do it. But you're man, a good son. Yeah. 
sitting there thinking about that. Yeah, yeah, last Thursday I was walking. It was 63. I was walking on the beach in T-shirt and shorts and uh, went to the fish market and picked up steamed shrimp. And oh. today I'm going to walk from one end of my house to the other and not go out the door. <laughs> and no steamed shrimp. <laughs> and no steamed shrimp, yeah. More, more, more like turkey out of a bag, yeah. <laughs> oh. Uh, well, let's uh, start with a little uh, Kentucky basketball. And uh, they finally got a, a breakthrough win in a close game. Hadn't had one of those in a long time. And beat uh, Auburn. Uh, really, first 10 minutes or so coming out of the locker room at halftime, I thought looked as good as, as they've looked offensively at any point all season. Absolutely. And I was driving home Saturday, so it was oh, the first right. time in, in quite a while. I listened to you and Mike all the way home, listened to an entire game with no breaks to flip TV on or flip you guys off or whatever. So I listened to you all the whole time, which is really enjoyable. I really enjoyed that. And, yeah, I mean, I think they had, what, 30 points in the first seven minutes, and I'm worried you guys weren't going to be able to keep up with all the <laughs> scoring. Then it settled down a little bit, but but it's amazing just how much better it even sounds when you're making shots. Yeah, it, it's, uh, you know, and it, you know what it would be like. We all do when, you know, if under normal circumstances in a run like that, how loud it would be oh. getting in, in Rupp Arena. Um, and, you know, Cal's talked about this and other coaches, but especially here at Kentucky, uh, I do feel sorry for these guys that they miss out on the best parts of being a Kentucky basketball player in moments like that. Yeah, because they certainly have experienced the worst parts, and they have had the benefits of, of many of those good parts like that. And I hadn't even thought of it that time, but you're right. That, that seven-minute run, the roof would have been ready to come off of Rupp Arena. That's the kind of thing that just makes that pl- place just get so, so loud. And when I when I got a chance to come, to, I had the game set to, to, on my DVR, when I got a chance to come over and watch it, man, they just were basically just flawless for that. I mean, not only did they make shots, but they got great shots. They did things to really execute to get those shots. And, they, and it just was a, a dominant seven minutes, which obviously you can't expect them to always make shots like that. But I think offensively, that's kind of what I thought this team would, would be. And I mean, I know going into the season, I thought Kentucky would be a much better offensive team than defensive team. And forever, it seems like it that was it was just the opposite. And now they're finally getting to where they can score. And I mean, not that you like to still lose, but if you can score eighty and lose, it's a whole lot more fun than watching when you score fifty nine and lose. Uh, back in January, I think after they won at Florida, everybody I mean, they were three and zero in the league, playing Alabama for first place in the league on January twelfth. And I think everybody thought, okay, they've got it going now. And then they uh, lose to Bama, which is no disgrace. Bama's really good. But then they lost those games to Auburn and Georgia that they uh, should have won, especially the Georgia game. But then they come back and they thrash a good LSU team. And you think, okay, they're back on track. And then they lose four straight, albeit to you know NCAA top four, five seed caliber teams. Well, now they've beaten Auburn and looked good doing it in a lot of ways. So this is probably about the last chance to to get that momentum train rolling, and uh, that's why I think this week is is so important. They don't have to win both games, but, uh, boy, if they could, uh, to get a little momentum starting to build for the SEC tournament next month. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I think you're, you're out of do-overs, and if you're going to now, your only opportunity to get the NCAA to win the SEC tournament, and you don't have to talk about anymore about we can win out and do this. I mean, you, your only chance to get there now is, in, is the SEC tournament. So you've got to start showing some consistency and some momentum. And I would think 
they they have to win this game at, at Vanderbilt to be able to really justify in anybody's mind that they're capable of winning the SEC tournament. Then maybe they don't have to win at Tennessee, but I don't think they can get thrown, you know, beat by 15 or 20 points there either and have that happen. They've got to start showing some consistency and if it's offense, they can keep making shots and that they can maybe tighten their defense back up a little bit, even though with them playing faster, it's a little bit more understandable. The other team's going to score a few more points too, but I think this is a huge week for momentum and just a confidence standpoint because if they kind of get knocked back again, I just don't see a whole lot of time left for them to come back from that this time. Down at Duke, Jalen Johnson, uh, they're one of their star recruits, um, has decided to opt out. And you can call opt out, uh, some call it quitting, but he has not only decided not to play, but apparently cleaned out his locker and everything. And so that's a, a big story in the college basketball scene. And it just, uh, to me, sent a serves to uh, make me even more impressed by how the Kentucky kids have – uh, stayed together through some tough times, and a particular guy like B.J. Boston, who uh, had a rough go of it for a while, even lost his starting position for a game, and um, they have uh, continued to stay connected, to use a coaching term, and give themselves at least a, a chance to generate the momentum that we were talking about. Yeah, because I've been wondering when we are going to finally maybe see some bigger-name college players decide to do what Jalen Johnson did. And, I, and if I was guessing, he may not be the last between now and, and the end of the season. But, yeah, for the Kentucky guys to still kind of hang in there, I mean, it seems like they, you know, they're they continuing to try to play hard. I know I talked to Scott Padgett last week after the Arkansas loss, and he said to him as a former player and current coach, the effort that Kentucky gave against Auburn Saturday would tell him a lot about what kind of kids that were on this team. If they came out and really fought and really battled, that he would be pretty impressed with their character. He said if they just kind of came out and laid down and basically said the season's over, that would kind of be all you'd need to know. Well, I think they came out and answered the bell very, very well in a, in a game where they probably could have kind of folded the tent because the first half Absolutely. they were very good. And and so to me, that's a very encouraging Thing. I think John has said all year long about how, how this team gets along, how they've not given him any any trouble as far as any issues other than just not making key plays at, at the right time. And maybe, I mean, I know beating Auburn, what like you beat a team that's going to win the NCAA championship, but any kind of confidence, I think, has to help this team, and they really needed that. I mentioned to Cal last night that if they beat Vanderbilt, They'll have the same conference record at the same point in the season, in the calendar, that his 2018 team did, which finished the year strong, I think won four of their last five, and then won the SEC tournament out in St. Louis and made it all the way to the Sweet 16. So that kind of run is what he's trying to sell to his guys, and uh, he's really good at the psychological part of this. We know that, and his players do seem to still be bought in. Yeah, they do. and I mean, you're just seeing little signs of Boston's making shots. Sars seemed to get more comfortable in the offense, and Johnson's more comfortable with what he's got him doing. I think Askew's leadership on the court seems to have picked up a little bit to, to me. Uh, Isaiah Jackson is more active for longer periods of time right now. Um, Mintz has shown you, continues to show you, he's a guy that can hit shots 
at the end of the game, and maybe the guy you should have had taken them earlier in the season, but you, you learn those things as you go through. So there's a lot of little things that seem to kind of be falling in place. Now they just kind of got to get them all to keep falling in place at the right time. And, again, I think Tom, they've now finally got to kind of go back and, and tighten up that defense, too, because I think probably there's been a big emphasis on let's try to get this offense fixed. But they've also given up, what, 80 points the last three games now? Yes. 80 81 and 82 and um you know I, I haven't gone back far enough to see the last time that actually happened i don't think it was, i think it's you, you go back before the calipari era actually there was it happened i will say it happened three times in a row but one of them was in overtime um during cal's run and so if you just talk about just in regulation so yeah they um will need to tighten that up a little bit against uh you know vanderbilt team that gave them some problems last month here in lexington uh, you can read uh, Larry's coverage of the Cats, his uh, story uh, with uh, Scott Paget and more at vaughtsviews.com, and we'll talk to you next Tuesday. Thanks, Larry. All right, Tom. Chris Fisher from the Cats Paws when we come right back. It's the Leach Report Radio Network, served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington, voted number one breakfast in Lexington, seven years running in the Herald Leader's Reader's Choice Poll. It's the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. Tweet us at Leach Report or email leachreport at gmail.com. We go to the KentuckyHempWorks.com hotline. Bring on Chris Fisher from CatsPaws.com. Um, Chris, we'll start with a little recruiting and um, knock out a couple of questions. Trevor Keels is a name that has popped on the radar recently with Kentucky, and um, this is a, a shooting guard that uh, was – not in the picture with the Wildcats, and now suddenly is. So what are you hearing on that recruitment? Yeah, it's definitely uh, interesting timing for Kentucky to extend an offer to Trevor Keels. He's been down to three schools, Duke, Virginia, and Villanova, since September. So you you almost wonder... Does Kentucky feel like they have an in here? Um, you know, being down to three schools for for months now, maybe you know he's not satisfied with his final options. Maybe Kentucky feels like there's an angle there that they can pursue. But obviously, looking for uh, more scoring in its 2021 class, I think they're pretty much set at, at point guard with Nolan Hickman. I think he's a really good fit for um, next year's potential roster, but. Uh, perimeter shooting, I think, is going to continue to be a, a concern, and that's something that John Calipari said that he would like to uh, to address in this upcoming class. And, and Trevor Keels definitely fits the bill in that regard. I think one of the more uh, better perimeter shooters in this class, one of the more overall polished offensive players in the 2021 class. And so uh, I think he's going to give Kentucky a, a fair shake and, and hear what they have to say, and we'll see if uh, if they can make some headway. Uh, one of our listeners, Scott, uh, tweeted or uh, emailed in a question about uh, Jaden Hardy, and uh, did uh, do we think it's down to G League or maybe UCLA for him, and that Kentucky's not as much of a player, and uh, would also throw Hunter uh, Salas into the mix? What uh, are are you hearing on those fronts? Yeah, I mean, I think that would probably indicate that Kentucky is not overly confident with its chances with. Jaden Hardy or Hunter Salas. I think the G League option has picked up a, a lot of steam with with Jaden Hardy, and that would be my pick as of 
uh, as of today. And then Hunter Salas, Gonzaga has been trending in that recruitment uh, here over the last several weeks. And so if you're Kentucky, I just think at the very least you have to give yourself multiple options. And I think that's why you're seeing the, the offer go out to Trevor Keels. A couple of new names that have popped up, class of 2022 guys, but uh, there's always the reclassification option with a lot of these players. One is a big guy, 6'10", 240. I just saw this name today, and I'm not sure how to pronounce the last name. Is it Enoch Boake, who decommitted from Michigan State? Yeah, he's a guy that Kentucky was involved with prior to uh, his commitment to Michigan State. The Spartans have obviously struggled this season, as has Kentucky and Duke and you know many other powerhouse programs in, in college basketball, but reopened his recruitment yesterday, and uh, Kentucky has already reached out uh, to him. And so I would expect Kentucky to... Uh, to be involved in that recruitment, uh, he's we have him ranked number twenty overall in the twenty twenty two class. And typically, when you see decommitments like this, it's a while before uh, guys jump into another commitment. So Kentucky will will have some some time to to work that recruitment as well. And it's, it's another name I saw was Nick Smith in the class of twenty twenty two, a shooting guard at uh, Kentucky. Uh, yeah, Nick Smith. Uh, He's been recruited by Jay Lucas. Kentucky had been involved there. Uh, Nick Smith cut his list to 10 uh, a couple months ago, I think, and and did not include Kentucky. But uh, like I said, Jay Lucas has been handling that recruitment and has stayed in contact. And uh, he spoke with John Calipari yesterday and uh, put Kentucky back on his list. And I think that's a situation where – if Kentucky does extend an offer, I think they automatically become uh, the team to beat. So uh, even though he's down to, to 10, I think that's a, a recruitment to, to keep an eye on that 2022 class. Do you see either Smith or uh, the big guy, uh, Boy Kai, as a um, reclassification candidate? You know, I'm not sure. Um, I haven't heard that specifically with either of those two guys, but like you mentioned, that's become so prevalent with a lot of the top guys now that um you know it's it's definitely a, a possibility especially if they get the ball rolling on it you know early enough uh, you've got a post at catspaws.com about Kentucky reaching out to to Reed Shepard um I may have said, I think I said yesterday that they were scheduled to play this week at Douglas and I, I just looked at their schedule later yesterday and then see that game's no longer there so but they are scheduled to play uh, at Lexington Catholic uh, next month uh, before they get to the postseason um What's what's your take on um, where Reed's game is right now, and uh, what upside there is for him? He, yeah, he's certainly been impressive. I mean, especially for a sophomore to be you know second in the state in scoring and multiple fifty point games, including a fifty point triple double. And when you watch him play, he he definitely catches your eye. He's extremely skilled. I think he's shooting over forty percent from three point range and definitely uh got some of those genetics can really can really jump uh much like uh much like his dad and you know I think with Kentucky's situation you look at the play of Dante Allen and the fan reaction. Kentucky fans are, are really, really thirsting for that Kentucky kid that can not only contribute to the team but can be a star. And I think when you combine that dynamic with, you know, being a UK legacy, being the the son of a, a two-time, you know, national champion, um, I think 
it's it's it, Kentucky fans are just are foaming at the mouth. But much like his 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 high school coach told uh, my colleague Daryl Bird, just relax and and let the the process play out a little bit. He's only a sophomore. Kentucky very very rarely recruits that far ahead. And you know, if you were to ask Reed Shepard, I guarantee you he would say that he would prefer to earn a scholarship offer from Kentucky than to be gifted one just because of, of who his parents are. And uh, lastly, is the BJ Boston? You've uh, written about uh, BJ at catspaws dot com as well. Is this is what you're seeing in these last couple of games? What you were expecting to see uh, in his first season at Kentucky? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think the outside shooting number one has improved so much over the last handful of games. And he didn't shoot the ball at an extremely high percentage from three in, in the Nike EYBL, and, and the shot selection obviously early in the season really hindered uh, his numbers. But um, yeah, the outside shooting has just added a completely different dimension uh, to his game here over the last couple of weeks and uh, the rebounds and, and the steals, I mean, the just the sheer length he has to, to get uh, deflections and kind of get in the passing lanes and, and disrupt things has, has always kind of been there. But, you know, it's, it's, that's the biggest X factor, I think, for college freshmen, even for as long as John Calipari has been doing this at Kentucky. Uh, the biggest X factor is how quickly these guys can acclimate to the pace of the college game, the physicality, which I think is something B.J. Boston definitely struggled with early in the season, how quickly they can acclimate to that process. And it just takes some guys longer than others, but I definitely think you're you're starting to see him turn the corner a little bit. Thank you, Chris. All right, thanks. At Chris Fisher 24-7 on Twitter, you can read him at catspaws.com, and we'll be right back to wrap up this edition of the Leach Report. Time for our UK history note for this day, presented by the new Rave On app. And you should check that out when you're watching games. You can comment on calls and great plays or bad plays and interact with other Kentucky fans while you're doing it. It's R-A-V-E, Rave On. Imagine giving up 86 points and winning by 30. Happened on this day in 1970. Number three, Kentucky beat 20th-ranked Georgia 116-86. to the horse, Dan Issel, had 40. Mike Pratt had 23. Tom Parker had 21. 116 to 86. Quite a score. Uh, that's going to do it for us. We'll see you tomorrow. Game day tomorrow on the Leach Report. Thanks for listening to the Leach Report. Make sure you check out the podcast page at TomLeachKY.com whenever you miss a show. And be sure to follow the Leach Report Facebook page. If you have a question for Tom, email it to LeachReport at gmail.com. See you next time, right here on The Leach Report.